0: Welcome to episode 137 of Relics of Ore. I am your host Greibach, and I am very sleepy because we're doing it at super early o'clock in the morning this morning. I believe my other co-host just rolled out of bed to be here for you. So
1: another one disappeared.
0: Uh oh. Uh, (laughs) Well, then I will introduce our first host, um, Evie, joining us uh, as usual. How are you doing this morning, Evie?
1: I need coffee, but I forgot my coffee
0: pot when I moved. <laughs> that is that is really tragic.
1: <laughs> the, the worst part is I didn't forget the coffee, just the coffee pot.
0: That's that's an amateur mistake. Um <laughs> and uh hopefully joining us in a few minutes uh will be Spirit. I don't know where she went. Um but she's gone. So Um, since we're sort of on a time constraint this morning, I'm just gonna just power right on through the show. So, uh, I guess it's time to move into the rotating cog. (sighs) no patch Tuesdays. Give me something to kill already. You know what they say. A patchless Tuesday amasses nothing to talk about. So, uh, it's, uh... It's been several weeks since we podcasted, mostly because it's been all Christmassy, so we've got all of the Christmas Winter's Day festivities to talk about. Um, Evie, did you do much Winter's Day?
1: Honestly, I logged on, like, maybe twice over the course of the past three weeks, because holidays and holidays are always hectic for me, and moving, and all that whatnot. Sure. I didn't, however obligatory. I had to do the jumping puzzle because I love that thing. and yeah. that just That is part of my tradition at this point. I have to do that puzzle.
0: Yeah, um, I I did the meta achievement, but it was sort of all the last couple days before Christmas. I think it was, I think I started working on the meta on the 22nd. Um, and it just uh, I was a little bit frustrated by it. I'll try and hold off a few minutes to see if we can uh, get Kate back in here before we really talk about the meta. But, um, yeah, I I, uh, I did it some. Not as much as, as prior years past. Um, but, you know, I did the jumping puzzle. Uh, I mean, of course, I did the meta. But I guess you didn't have to do it for the meta, which is something I wanted to talk about. But... How did you feel about the fact that they changed the ending portion of the jumping puzzle to not allow you to um, redo that exploding presence section? I,
1: the jumping puzzle for me, it was always kind of a bit on the easy side. Yeah. So I personally like didn't really see the problem with it, although there were a lot of people that complained about it. I was just like, whoa. I think like the Mad King's Tower. So, why you got like whoa?
0: (laughs) I think my biggest thing thing on that is that um, it's kind of it's not a long jumping puzzle compared to the really long jumping puzzles. But it's I would say that that exploding present part can be very frustrating, and like a lot of the long jumping puzzles, as long as you're just careful you'll be fine. But that one has a very sort of situationally frustrating part that kills you and makes you start all over. And nobody can like res you or portal you unlike other ones. And so it, it definitely irritates me if I sort of get on tilt, and then I blow up at the presence twice or so because it's I mean, you almost never die after that exploding presence part. And I almost... Like, I pretty much never died before the exploding presence part, but it's just far enough into the jumping puzzle that it's kind of annoying to get restarted. Um, mostly because, like you said, it is kind of easy. So, um, I don't know. I thought it was nice before when they had that option of, like, if you're confident, you can get a big, slightly bigger reward, and if you're not confident, you can get take-backsies and start there again. Um, so... Well, we had Spirit for a second, and then she's gone again. (laughs) But, eh, I don't know, it's just, it feels weird. Like, I don't know why that would change. You know, you'd think that they would have to make a conscious effort to remove that, and it didn't have any problems?
1: They would probably, like, I want to think, thinking about changing the reward for it. And that just didn't end up happening, but the change to like accommodate that did. Who knows?
0: Yeah, it's entirely possible.
1: Um. Well, not next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. Or um, maybe in a few hours. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I do have to admit, I feel. I mean, I feel a little bit bad, griping about this, but I was kind of disappointed that not only was only Divinity's Reach really decorated, but only a very small portion of Divinity's Reach. Like... Well,
1: the city's, like, destroyed.
2: If,
0: line, if I was, you mean Lion's
1: Arch? Or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. I don't know why I was thinking that with Divinity... Wow, well, I have not... Look, I don't have my coffee pot, okay?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Yeah, I understand, but, like, it's... And I know, I know that they've said that they do it by hand every year, which is like kind of crazy pants. But yeah, I mean, and and that's that's clearly got to be part of it. It just feels like so much less of Tyria was winners' dayed up this year that it was just it was a little disheartening, you know. Like I lo- mm-hmm. like I didn't. I didn't look on the website to figure out where was decorated, and so I actually tried to physically find where was decorated, and I went to LA, even though like you said, it's destroyed. It's still sort of a hub, because it's got everything in it, in tight clusters still. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I ran all around LA trying to find any Winter's Day anything. Um, you know, and I couldn't, and then I asked Spirit, like, did they just not decorate this year? And, you know... She pointed me in the right direction, but it was it was a little bit Oh, because and then, then right, and I knew that it was in Divinity's Reach at that she told me it was in Divinity's Reach, and then I couldn't find it decorated in Divinity's Reach either until I went to that one district. Um but I mean that's not like <laughs> that's not a super big deal. It's just kind of
1: It's it's something that you're typically used to that wasn't there.
0: Yeah, so well, it's, it's like, Hall- of... like Halloween always, you know, decorates up Lion's Arch hugely, mm-hmm. and it's still decorated ruined Lion's Arch, right? Like, a lot? Yeah. Yeah. a bit. Um, but that, that's really more
1: of a tradition thing for Amen. Like, Halloween's always been the big holiday in Guild true.
0: Wars. It's true. It's Hol- true. Yeah, Halloween's always been my favorite one in Guild Wars, so... But, okay, well... I guess I'll just briefly mention the meta event because Spirit's still not back and you didn't really do it. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> uh, I found it... Eh, I don't know. I I guess maybe I'm just an idiot and maybe I haven't played Guild Wars 2 enough lately. But four. I want to say four of the achievements were infinite repeatables and they didn't count towards it, which I can understand why... They wouldn't want it to count each time, but for some reason in my head, I thought that they would count the first time that you achieved them, and I don't remember if it used to be that way on some of them, like if they had a first-time achievement and then a repeating achievement, but... um, That
1: seems like it would be the intuitive way to do that.
0: Yeah, and it... because... and also partly because that would make... that would mean there were 15 achievements... And you needed eleven, which was like kind of a standard way to do the metas for that had a lot of different things that you could or had to do, Mm -hmm. and so um, that was frustrating for me (laughs) when I did. uh, Like, like the jumping puzzle was one of them. I was expecting to get progress towards my achievement for doing it, and I was having a hard time this year. I don't know why. But I just got really on tilt when I was doing it. And, and then I finished it and it didn't count towards my achievement. And then the same thing with doing uh, X, X number of uh, Winner's Day Choir. Although that is easy. That didn't bother me so much. But after I did it, what, 15, 15 or 30 times or whatever it was. And then, and then it didn't count for my meta achievement. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of time. It's a lot maybe. of time. Yeah. Um so there was like a lot of grumbling from me on that. And then I got down and I did all of the achievements and the only one I had left. Oh, and then I also did the 50 Toypocalypse uh sur- survive 50 rounds or 50 waves of Toypocalypse, which I think was also not either that or it's, it was survive 10 rounds. Whatever. Jeez. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm one of to say them 50 what? It was 50, 50 waves, I think, is what it was. That was a repeatable one, too. Because there's, like, 40 or 50 waves in a full Toypocalypse from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Toypocalypse, right? I always mix up the names of the instance and the, or the... I always mix up the names of the dungeon and then the, like, co-op instance thing. I think you got it right. Yeah. yeah. Um... Yeah, so that so like I did that and then once again it didn't it didn't frickin' didn't frickin' count. And then all that I had left was the Dolyak uh grabbing presents that get knocked off of it. Um, that achievement was infuriating. Yeah, you came in right at the same time. Welcome back, Spirit, our final host for the episode. Spirit, how are you doing this morning? Hi, I'm technical difficulties and I'm here to ruin your day. Well at least you're awake. Um <laughs> Look, look. I've already apologized. Oh no, I'm not saying it. I'm saying that <laughs> like the technical difficulties have awoken her. You know. Oh. It's not not as a not as a besmirchment to yourself or myself, but I spoke to her ten minutes ago and she was all yani Spirit <laughs> And now like her computer's blowing up and now she's angry. Um I
3: had to apply percussive maintenance. <laughs>
0: excellent okay so we're just talking about the meta achievement and how it shouldn't have been frustrating but for some reason was and either it was because i'm an idiot now or there were frustrating aspects to it um yeah so all i had left was the present one and i also want to say that i did not understand that picking up those presents was not counterproductive to the event like i don't know i don't know how to explain it the first time i did the event i only saw one present drop off and then like you read the text on it and it was like oh you prevented presents from going to the orphans so i thought it was kind of like being a grinch and it could like fail out the event if you like stole the presents somehow so I that event was very confusing to me. I didn't realize that they dropped you know six or seven every time, and then nobody was donating because I didn't start until right before Christmas, and everybody stopped right before Christmas. Yep. Yeah. So that was a little bit irksome. But yeah, h- how did you feel about the winners' day meta achievement spirit?
3: I didn't really have any problem with it, other than that there were a couple like really easy achievements that didn't count towards it. I don't have any problem with. And in fact, I think I'd probably prefer holiday achievements to be pretty easy to do like the meta achievements at least you know fairly easy to complete so that you can do it within the time of the holidays, but also we did have like almost thirty days to do them.
0: It's true um yeah i was I was relating to evie just a minute ago that I think I did at least i th- I think I did at least three of the infinitely repeatable ones, thinking that the first time I completed it it would count and that subsequent times it wouldn't. And, I mean, I should have learned that after the first time, but I just didn't... For some reason, I didn't notice which ones were infinitely repeatable, because several of them were sort of doing the same activity. You know, it was like 500, 500 correct notes counted, but, you know, doing 30 songs did not. And so, right. yeah, anyway, that I, I did several extra ones, and then I got really frustrated each time I did it, uh, each time I finished one, so... Thank God I didn't go for the uh fifteen jumping puzzle completions. Yes,, oh,
3: I think at one point when I popped in during my technical difficulties, you was talking about the jumping puzzle and how awful that was. I had a lot of trouble with that this year, and I haven't in the past, simply because the part that explodes the presence there's only like one feasible route up there now. I'm used. I was used to in the past just getting there and then like smashing my jump key and going up as far as I can. But now you have to wait and then you have to go straight up the middle, or you're not getting to the top. I know this because I spent a lot of time there.
0: Yeah. Well, Evie didn't have a problem with it. I was the one that was saying that I was getting a little bit irritated with it. <clears throat> but we're just filthy casuals, so
1: y'all need to step up y'all jump game. That's that's my yeah.
0: <laughs> you're not wrong. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. So. Yeah, oh, I also expressed mild disappointment that only one section of Divinity's Reach seemed to get decorated, and then everything else was normal. Um, did you have any feelings on that?
3: Uh, not particularly. It was nicely decorated. I liked that part of, of Divinity's Reach. And also, although I did notice um, when I went to Worldview World to do my dailies, I popped into the Borderlands. I was like, wow, this is more festive than anything I've seen so far. Oh, I that's thought that true. was kind of funny. That's yeah. how
1: I felt about Heart of the Mist. Like, I went in to, like, do tournaments and stuff, and I was just like, there's a lot of decorations here.
0: Yeah. I guess that's true. I shouldn't say that that was the only place that was decorated, because both of those places were decorated in, up quite nicely.
1: In PvE, that was the only place that was decorated.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like it's worth mentioning. I logged in, and I was just messing around in my inventory, and then somebody ran up in front of me. And they had the title, Deer Commander. Not like deer as in the start of a letter, but deer as in the animal. And I immediately thought of Kate. And my first thoughts were, does Kate know about this title and how do you get it? So, Kate, how do you feel about that title?
3: I don't even... It's so good! Like, (laughs) I wish I could put into words how happy this makes me, because not only am I a commander, I am a commander of deer. Like, go forth and graze or eat berries or whatever deer do. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Graze the borderlands!
3: (laughs) Yeah, I was really excited about it as soon as I saw it as well. I had basically the same experience somebody else was wearing and I went hold everything stop doing what you're doing we're getting this title immediately.
0: 420 graze it. (laughs) Wow. Uh... Yes yeah uh yeah it was great uh for anybody not in the know it's just a takes three days to do it and we think that you still have time to do it if you get on it like today meaning saturday or sunday um before reset you might be able to finish it (laughs) actually yeah if you do it sunday before reset i think you'll get sunday and then monday and then tuesday morning maybe or monday night because it takes three days three resets to get um, I'm actually in the middle of it, I have my third day to do tonight, but, uh, I thought it was cute, and then there's a, a collection <coughs> that you do afterwards, Kate, did you do that? Or Evie? I guess Evie didn't really do any. of Yeah, day, it's so.
3: really, I guess it's a little misleading, especially if you look at guides, but all you have to do to get that collection is one jumping puzzle in each of, like, the, like an Asura jumping puzzle, a human one, a uh, Silvari one, and so on, really not hard at all to do. Is it... Uh,
0: Specific ones?
3: There's a number that you can choose from, and there's a guaranteed drop from the chest. So you have a choice of, like, Morgan Spiral or, like, the big one in Mount Maelstrom, like the, the Hidden Garden or whatever. Hmm. So you-, you have a lot of choices that, you know, which jumping puzzle is your favorite or easiest and least time-consuming to do.
0: At least you don't have to do Dream Dark Enclave, right? Oh, boy. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I, I'll probably power out that that one afterwards. Um which gives you an interesting item, right? It's basically Madri for dragonite or for uh the imperial stars?
3: Oh, yes, it does. And I swear it gives better loot than Madri. Uh just from my own experience, but I I think it's just that.
0: I think that's Madri... the general consensus.
3: Yeah. I don't know. It seems to me like Madri and the Imperial ET Star—that the name escapes me—just um, have such big loot tables that you can get some crazy good stuff. But then also, like
1: a crap <laughs> Yeah,
3: I got uh, the first day I opened mine. I got an Azurite Orb, which, if you're not familiar with it, it was available for like a very short time about a year ago. So I made nine gold off of it my first day.
0: Wow, that's nice. nice. Um, <clears throat> well, I think part of the reason for that is because it's a much less common material than bloodstone.
1: It really depends on your like what you do with your time as you're playing. If you're someone that does jumping puzzles all the time, or like dungeons and all that, you actually might come into more stars than you do dust, which is... Probably part of the reason why they even put this in the game in the first place.
0: I think it's because there's more of a cap on that though. Like since those are only once per day like once per day per path. Yeah. You know, there's there's sort of a hard cap on how much not a hard cap, but there's a diminishing returns cap on how much it can be um, made. By how many the stars population. Yeah, exactly. Like people are drowning in bloodstone dust. Like just just drowning in it. I mean, even I am and I haven't I haven't champ farmed in ages. That's not true. I've done Edge of the Mist farming, but yeah, I think I think that's probably why. Uh, I've heard people getting exotics from it, and not like those people that are like one in a billion that gets one. It seems like a moderate number of people have gotten exotics out of them. Um, Just wait until someone gets a precursor. <laughs> I know, right? Everything in the game can drop a precursor. Air quotes. I also liked that they put in a collection for the old Winter's Day skins. I thought that was kind of cute. I had six out of yes. eight or whatever, or eight out of ten. I only needed to get two more. And what does completing the collection give you?
3: It's a little Winter's Day script. It's very cute.
0: Yes, it's adorable. Uh, it's like His name's like Skritterclaws or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty adorable. I, I have real internal conflicts about whether I want to display him or Fustavu but I go with Fustavu because he's rarer. Um, anybody have anything else to say about Winter's Day or should we move on into other, other things?
1: I guess... calculator's Corner.
0: Actually, I have one more thing that's in Rotating Cog and is not in Winter's Day that we just brought up, which is, uh, Login Rewards. We brought it up earlier. Um, does that change since we had our last podcast? Oh, yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? Edigo. I think
1: it's, it's really good. Um, it gives people incentive to actually get into the game, and as far as the dailies go, I found them much more streamlined the way they are now rather than you know how they were before. So in all, it's it's a good system, and I just hope they don't muck it up by
0: bloating it later on. Spirit, how do you feel about the new login system, login reward system that is?
3: Um, I definitely like the new dailies. They're really easy to complete, especially if you are willing to go to World vs. World or PvP, because um, there's a lot of like there, there's a range of difficulties within the five or so options I think it gives you um, for each area of the game. but the easiest ones, the quickest way to do the daily would be to do multiple game types, and I don't have any problem with that at all so they're really quick and easy for me and it's uh wonderful especially during the holiday season when i've been so busy and not had time to sit down and really you know spend a few hours on the game
0: so why don't you explain that a little bit because i actually um will confess that i haven't actually bothered to do the achievement portions of the dailies i've just done the login portion and then gone about my business to do whatever winter's day stuff i was doing
3: um, so generally, each day you'll have some, like, in PvE, you'll have, like, view one Vista in Kryda, and then view, or, you know, mine ten ores in Maguma, and then it'll be something like kill the Shadow Behemoth, or do four events in one zone, which are not necessarily difficult, but require a certain timing like, I would have to be there for a spawn of the Shadow Behemoth or, you know, spend a little bit more time than I'd want to maybe in a zone, especially when it's a daily and a lot of people are going to be focused in that zone doing events. And that's actually a criticism of the system uh, I'm seeing from a lot of people is that when you get to those zones where you need for events, yes, there's a lot of people cooperating and shouting out in map chat, but there's also a very, um, it's it creates sort of a competition Uh, to who can get to events and then also it pushes everything on the map to completion constantly so if you need anything that's maybe not at completion or it's just like there's the cooldowns between defend events or whatever it doesn't keep the map as lively as it might be if everything wasn't complete all the time if that makes sense Um, so it'll be similar like that so there's things where you only have to do one or two things um for each achievement so a lot of times i'll do a vista mine 10 10 lumber from wherever it tells me to go and then uh capture one Sentry in world versus world and that's my daily done
0: so you have to get three is that correct
3: yep and three. it's, an and it's from
0: anything. any from any type like any combination they don't have to all be from the same type
3: Right, it doesn't show that. So if you're sitting in... It'll prioritize the ones for the content type you're in. So if you're in PvE, it'll show you different ones from if you zone into the Borderlands, for example. Uh, But you can see all of them from the daily menu. And then, yeah, like I said, it's all or nothing. So if you do two achievements, you're going to get zero achievement points. If you do three of them, you get ten. And that's just all or nothing, yeah. I
1: I, I will say, as far as PvP dailies go, I... Was, and still kind of not, I am a fan of play so many matches as a certain class or a profession. Because, like, going into matches and going against five thieves is not fun.
0: Yeah, I actually, um, I mean, I haven't experienced that firsthand because I don't really do SPVP in this game. But um, playing Destiny, there was a similar Type of thing where they had daily rewards that incentivized using specific, um, like specific weapon types, which is as close to the same thing as you're going to get probably. And it was super annoying to see everybody using the exact same weapon loadout because they they wanted the achievements. Um, I I'm just generally not a fan of things that incentive like that. That a lot of people are going to be incentivized to do on any given day, uh, because it just. Like you said, it just you get things where you just fight all the same thing over and over and over again, and that's not particularly fun. Um, so, yeah. I, I I kind of agree. I think they should probably take that out, but...
3: It's actually... It's interesting you say that uh, they incentivize using different weapons because people are talking about different ways to fix it. And one of the suggestions was to either say, okay, yeah, win with a sword, or have, like, uh, armor class-based ones, so... Adventurer, scholar, whatever heavy armor was actually called, but not Soldier. heavy armor. Yeah, that one.
0: Well that I mean, yeah. It, the I mean in Destiny ever like everybody using the same gun is the exact same gun. Whereas in Guild Wars, like a guardian using a sword is not the same as a warrior using a sword, so that's more right. that's more okay in Guild Wars because there's a lot of difference if you limited it to armor class or weapon type, but yeah, that's those. Those are much more okay for Guild Wars because those are much different, uh, much more different. To be your your field of of how it's gonna feel to compete against those things is gonna be a lot different than, you know, in Destiny. It's like everybody use a shotgun. Well, <laughs> gonna be using a lot. I mean, not that it, I mean that's a whole different discussion. Everybody's shotguns anyway, but um. Yeah, I um, just quick thoughts. I am a big fan of the new daily system. It's definitely gotten gotten me back to logging in every day. I had sort of gotten out of the habit of doing that because I just I got tired of doing the daily achievements and I didn't really care that much. Um, but it's so easy to get the the login rewards that you know that at least gets me in the game for a few seconds. Um, so. I think that's a I think that's a good system and I think it's also good for the people that are achievement point hunters because it, it's easier to get the achievement points and it's not as much of a like a compulsion tug to complete a, a million of them
1: every single day
0: Every single day, yeah. I think it's I think I think pretty much everybody's pretty happy with this new system. So I think that's great.
1: I I think what's really good is they didn't penalize people for wanting to do all of them in one day cuz you still get experience for doing them which is and, a, i think a really good uh, middle ground
0: and you also get um activity appropriate little mini chests for doing them too which i noticed yes. which is a really there cool was, idea
3: yeah like there was one day where you had to do or it was like a daily fractal and then a daily fractal 10 to 20 or whatever so i got three pristine fractal relics from doing a level 11 fractal yeah that is my favorite
0: yeah that's good um, oh, man, it's such a shame. We have so many good segues into much later content from the show from this first section, but we're not going to. So let's just move right on into the next segment, which is Speculator's Corner. The sky will be blue. I heard it's going to be produced by ArenaNet. I heard you can use a keyboard with this game. I heard you'll
3: need a monitor to play this game. I heard
2: this game will work on Windows 7.
3: I heard that normal of really tall. That's just
2: speculation.
0: <laughs> so, uh... Our finale is next week, and by our, I mean the season's finale, not, not relics. Um, we ain't going anywhere. Yeah, um, we have an official trailer. Um, anybody want to talk about that?
1: It's confusing.
0: <laughs> Why like, is it
1: confusing? Ain't it has been moving towards these trailers that have like frames basically it's like oh here's a scene and another scene and another scene and another scene and it's just like so jumbled and unconnected like at a glance that it's it's confusing
0: yeah (laughs) i miss Uh,
1: the old like cinematic things
0: yeah um somebody somebody posted an interesting thought um we've got a We've got a link to a video that was fan-made that actually Peter Freeze, one of the writers, uh, linked on Twitter. And it's uh, sort of a combination of a summary of Season 2 and a trailer for the finale of Season 2. And it's really... I think it's really well done. Um, The video, I think, is just called This Is Not The End, which is based on the song that it's using. And it's really good, and I mean, I feel bad kind of saying this, but I feel like it's a lot better than the ones that Anet puts out, Mm -hmm. but somebody said that the reason they think that is the case is that the Anet ones try really hard to not spoil anything that has happened or that will happen. They try and avoid spoilers all around, so if you haven't done season 2 yet, and you watch this trailer, it doesn't really spoil very much for what, like, watch the official trailer, it doesn't really spoil very much of what happened during season two. Except, you know,
1: Kate stealing an egg. Uh,
0: that's true. That's true. But like, but as you said, the context is so confusing and it's so jumbled that you see these little glimpses, but they're so without context that you don't really, it doesn't really tell a story so much as it's a lot of glimpses of story things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do have to wonder if they have sort of some internal policy on how spoilery they can make these trailers for spoilery for past content that sort of is is preventing them from from making trailers that are as cohesive as, you know, a lot of these fan-made trailers that we're getting that are really good.
1: I wouldn't doubt it because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a way for them to make money, Living Story. Right. Because anyone that isn't experiencing it right now and ends up coming back or joining later on, if they want to experience the Living Story, they need to pay for it.
0: Right. And, it, and it's a bit of a quandary, too, because if the trailer is too confusing or jumbled, it may not get people interested in coming back, you know, in the first place. But if it's too specific or spoilery, kind of like the this is not the end one, um, you may feel satisfied with just watching that and feeling like you pretty much know what's going on. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting, interesting dilemma to have. Do you have any thoughts on that, Kate?
3: Um. I think the dog is barking. Uh, I appreciate them trying to keep spoilers out of their trailers. Um,
0: Even past spoilers?
3: Yeah, <laughs> it seems really... I don't know, I guess because I play each release, I don't mind it as much. But I think if I didn't play them all, or like if I wanted to play a few at once, like that was just how I decided to play it, I might be a little bit more annoyed. But then again, I'm not sure if the people who are playing... Like that, like in big chunks uh, Would be kept up on all the trailers I don't know
0: Yeah, interesting food for thought Um, So does any of you guys want to talk about Sort of the content of the trailer Confusion aside We have a few little teaser things that it looks like
1: Look, look As far as the teasers go We're gonna have Some old dude show up I'm not gonna say who And stuff is gonna go down that's all I know.
3: I'm gonna say who? It's freaking Turai Asa. It's not Rurik. It's not Rurik. Who like, would okay. say it was Rurik? I don't know. People were saying that I'm, they're like a ghost. It must be Prince Rurik. But I actually no. There's a little bit of merit to that since Rilax got uh, so happened and he's in the mists or whatever. But I pulled up. I heard someone say that, and I went, "Wow, that's a weird story twist." So I put up a picture of the ghost from the trailer. Rurik's wiki picture and Turayasa's Asa's wiki picture, and it's way, like, so much closer to Turayasa Asa that it's not even funny.
1: It it might just be Elonian.
3: I don't think so. I think it's, I guess, semi-spoiler alert, but between the ascension runes on the the cave and the forgotten, and then having a, for lack of a better word, ghostly hero, I think <laughs> it's Terai Asa.
1: <laughs> it'd be really funny if they did like an homage or like a throwback and had like ghostly heroes somewhere in like the I update so. when he's around
3: our character doesn't necessarily know who he is unless he kicks down the door and he's like hey folks i'm turayasa here to ruin your day i don't know what he's i don't know what his motivations are other than being ghostly so
0: yeah i mean maybe ogden will
1: fill us in well ogden didn't do uh, ascension and prophecies, cause whatnot? Yeah. Well,
0: that's true, but not not <clears throat> not in the core story. But he knew the people who did go through ascension, so he might have at least he was at least around for when that went down during the Flame Seeker prophecies. No. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Plus, he's a scholar. I mean.
1: Yeah, more than yeah, more than anything else, it would be that. Yeah, yeah
3: actually, uh, I was watching. I think it was Wooden Potatoes breakdown of the trailer. And he mentioned how he's worried about Ogden dying because he's become kind of this very convenient font of knowledge. And how there's this trope in TV and movies, I guess all media, that the the very knowledgeable character you get to, like, your hero gets to speak with him and he's like, let me tell you this very important plot point and then he dies.
0: Yeah, exactly. You get them to get them to realize how important a resource they have and then get them to get ready to start relying on it, and then BAM! Dead! Um, We're gonna get
1: the egg back and Ogden's gonna eat it and he's gonna die.
0: Somebody's gonna fry it up with some bloodstone dust.
3: I was just gonna ask, is it scrambled or, like,
0: fried? Gotta be scrambled. Like, Scrambled. The future of Cheria is now over because
3: Ogden wanted eggs with his breakfast.
0: Yeah, scrambled, you add some cheese, and then you, like, pepper in some bloodstone dust. Delicious. And he turns back into
1: a non-storm dwarf and just loses his memory, which would be yeah. the same thing as dying in the case of a knowledgeable character. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we know that this is gonna be the end of the season. I believe it's been confirmed in various places. I know it's been confirmed mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, somebody put in the show notes, will it be on par with the end of season one? I think Kate put that. um Kate, what do you think?
3: No, or at least I don't know i I felt sort of the same coming into season one as I feel now where I'm more interested in what's coming beyond the season, whether like you know, the first one I was like, all right, I'm ready to be done with scarlet on this yeah. one I'm like, well, They've had radio silence about everything after this, so what the heck is going on?
0: Yeah. Um,
3: which I think is an unfortunate byproduct of just how it works out, like, it being part of a game. Because if it was a TV show or something, I'd never be like, oh, well, what's happening next season? I don't care about this season. But it's just because it's tied into so many other things. I think that I'm, I'm more invested in that. Uh, But also, just in general, I think by this point in Season 1, we had a lot of these big, crazy world events going on, and there was a real sense of urgency and a sense of... The actual world changing? Yeah, or like... Being in the climax of the story, as well as something that was emotionally impacting, I guess, us, because seeing Lion's Arch on fire was pretty drastic, but there's been no massive world change. Which is really funny
1: because they're, like, really pushing that this time, more than last time, even. Yeah, and it started out really strong. And everything, and it's just like, okay where's where's i mean the stuff has been added which is technically a change but like that's different than changing something that's been there for a really long time and you expect it mm-hmm. to stay
0: yeah and i mean presumably a dragon would be <laughs> would be more likely to ruin the world than scarlet um which i mean obviously in the story that's sort of the vibe that we're getting but it definitely feels like scarlet was the the build up for scarlet's machinations seemed like it was a more present danger than losing spirit like we just did no um oh she's back yes um yeah it definitely the dragon should feel like he is going to ruin the entire world and in the plot that sort of is obviously what they're going for but um we definitely got the, feel the sense. Yeah, 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 it felt in season one like Scarlet was gonna really ruin something, and then she really did. Um, but that's not really—I mean, that's not really so much a criticism of season two as it was like sort of hats off for the ending of season one. I mean, that was mm-hmm. really good, and season two has had a lot of really good things in it um, that season was lacking. So you know, I don't want to—I don't want to impugn the writers, producers that are net for that. Okay, right. so
1: speaking of, like, endings, what do you guys want to actually see as an ending or speculate it to be?
0: 8
3: I'm actually, I'm totally going to steal Win potatoes theory because I liked it way better than anything that I was saying about, I think I've said in the past, like, oh, we kill Cave mm-hmm. or something. Uh, he was speculating that we go off and are so obsessed with getting the egg back from Cave, and Traherne's like, well, we're leaving without you, with all the packed airships, and you're like, fine, go without me, I'm gonna save the egg. And he was like, no, really, we're leaving without you. And you're off getting the egg, and they leave, and then you come back from the egg and you're like, "Packed, give me a report, and they're like, all of the airships were destroyed by Marjoramoth because you weren't there and Traherne's dead.
1: Which I feel would be like, I feel like- nice, because Trahan, I think, needs to be that sacrifice character.
3: I don't know if he would die. Yeah, maybe. Like, I think he was way stronger this season, funnily enough, uh, for all of his, like, four lines of dialogue than, I think, in the personal story. Uh, mm. I like him a lot more as a character, and he's presented in a much better way, but don't think he's integral enough to the story right now that anyone would care if he died. In fact, it would probably be celebrated still.
0: Well, the fact that it would be celebrated almost tells us that that can't happen. <laughs> mm. um, you know, I'm honestly, i really honestly, don't even know. I just, I just want to see what they do. I haven't really put in too much thought into what I think is going to happen next. So, you know, I'm going to give a boring answer, but there's <gasps> sort of a lot of ways they could go with it, and you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be interesting. It's a little bit, it's definitely a lot harder to speculate about what's happening this end of season than it was you know the previous because we already know that the dragon's awake you know there's no like you know oh well i bet scarlet's gonna wake up the dragon or whatever or fight you know like it's a little bit harder to know exactly what's gonna happen i think it's safe to say that we're not gonna kill mordremoth in next episode so well as far as
1: what i want to see i want to see mordremoth just like burst out of the pale tree destroying it i know that's not gonna happen but that's what i want to see And as far as, like, crackpot theory, this is what I think might happen, but kind of don't think. The egg has to play an integral part, obviously. And for the longest time, they've been sort of hinting at the whole mortal becoming a god process. So I think that the egg is going to be used in some way to make that happen. Now, who is going to go through that process is, well... (laughs) Look, it'd be a full circle at that point. Because everyone compared him to Cormier. Exactly. (laughs) Though it would be interesting if it ended up being Cave. Or even one of uh, the new Iconics.
0: Yeah, one of the Biconics. Uh, I thought of something that I want to see come into play, and I want to see Malik's tree come into play somewhere. Since we're already in the business of adding new maps, I want to see a new pale tree. Or dark tree, or whatever. A new Silvari tree. The queen tree. Sure. <laughs> um, alright, we lost Kate again, but hopefully it's just for a second. Um, I'm gonna move us along, though, because we're on time constraints this morning. I wish we weren't, but we are. Um... Does anybody have any thoughts on status of RITLock? Actually, wait. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that off because I know what your answers are. Um, there's sort of been a big to do in the community about Pack South. It's coming in two weeks from now. Um, it will actually, in fact, at the time of this recording, be exactly two weeks and one hour from now. Um, there's a big panel and by big i mean has both the game director Colin Johansson and the founder president of the co-founder i guess and president of the company Mike O'Brien and they're taking the main stage at PAX which is huge, huge because the yeah the main stage is not something that is lightly rented out as it were um so i think i think most people in the community are reading into this very heavily that we're going to get some sort of big announcement. Um, Oh, and and the panel's called Point of No Return, which, you know, I mean, that's what they've been saying for ages. Beyond Um,
1: the Point of No Return.
0: Oh, Beyond the Point of No Return. There you go. I guess that's true. I guess the, the final patch is the Point of No Return. So, I mean, I feel like we just need to come out and say it. Everybody, well, maybe not everybody, but most people are either expecting or really hoping for an expansion announcement. I don't think that's news to anybody listening to this. Do you guys have any thoughts on that?
3: I'm in the really hoping camp.
0: Okay,
1: as am I, but I'm way too cynical. And the thing with Anet is, as far as the whole MMO thing goes, they've consistently at least tried and usually succeed at breaking convention. So... While we might get something similar to an expansion, I don't think what we're actually going to see happen is what people are expecting to happen.
3: I'm actually a little bit worried about that. Um, in part, I think because of the way the Living Story was delivered, and there's language in the if you actually read the like the the blurb. summary of the panel, it says. Uh, or, like, join us for an exclusive sneak peek at what's next in Guild Wars 2 and be the first to hear how we're setting up a new framework for how an MMO can grow its universe. So there's language that makes it sound... Oh, actually, actually, the last sentence is the most important. The living world was just the beginning. So with living world, when we heard about it at conventions and stuff, everyone was like, oh, yeah, that's going to be so cool. And then... uh. You know, although it has gotten much, 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 much better. Uh, when it first arrived, it it failed to excite a lot of the player base. And I really hope that if they're doing this again, they're they're breaking convention in this way that they that it goes better, I guess, than the the start of the living world. And I'm sure they've learned so much. And, you know, I'm really hopeful that if they do that, it works out well, but I'm still apprehensive that if they try to do something that's not a traditional expansion, it's going to bite them and or us in the butt. Yeah.
1: I mean, the thing is, even if it's not a box expansion, if they, like, announce and do stuff that would be typical of an expansion, sort of, like... There's been a lot of content related to the living story, but there's a lot of stuff from expansions that are typically there that is not been present in anything. Things like new weapons, um, distinct new armor styles that are available in game, um, new skills, like massive reworks that are typically found in expansions where the meta shifts completely. That's, I mean, that hasn't happened yet. And a lot of people wanted to.
0: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Honestly, I mean, what you said about being a cynic, and and Kate, what you said about um, past, you know, announcements and reception. Uh, I'm trying really hard not to get my hopes too too up because I have definitely been disappointed with some of the, um, you know, like you said, the way that it was announced and then the actual implementation, and you know, um, to to bring up the investment company, what was it? I don't remember what they're called, but um, you know, they're predicting an expansion, but at the same time, they've been predicting an expansion is imminent since literally the game was released, so mm-hmm. I feel like that's not a useful reference. Uh, you know, the proverbial, every, yeah, broken, broken clocks right twice a day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, it's... It's hard to say. I think I think it's safe to say that everybody's hoping for an expansion announcement, but at the same time, you know, like Evie said, the ArenaNet, if nothing else, has broken convention in a large number of ways uh, frequently, and it's sort of what they want to do. So, you know, I, I don't remember who said it. Somebody in the blogosphere, I think it was Hunter, uh, you know, said, said something to the effect that um, it may not be what you're expecting. The the implementation may not be what you're expecting, you know, if if such a thing is going to happen. Uh, so I'm trying to not, you know, think... I'm trying to not think too much about it, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but I will say that if they do announce that, I think it'll be really cool if it's a follow-up slash tie-in to the season finale because that was way back at the start, two two odd years ago, when they announced the living story. That was one of my first reactions to it, was this would be a really cool way to get the story going and bridge the story between the core story and expansions
2: mm-hmm.
0: yep. to give to give players an ongoing story that happens in the meantime while you're developing an expansion. So if they announce if they announce an expansion, or some kind of... you know, not-expansion expansion, expansion, you know, if you will, uh, I think that... that'll be really cool. I think... I think that's what everybody's been hoping for for a long time. So, I'm cautiously optimistic. (sighs) Um... So that ties into what I was mentioning briefly. Uh, there's still no indication of Ritlock, as he disappeared into the mists earlier this season. Um... I
1: think that's more tied to their announcement at PAX
0: than the actual Living Story, for sure. Right. Which is why I didn't mention it at first. There's, It's either probably going to be tied to the announcement, or it's at PAX if there is one, or it's going to be tied to, you know, uh, the Living Story <laughs> finale. One one or the other.
1: Or it could be what's, like, their tie-in to, like, oh, hey, this is where the Living Story is going after this season finale.
0: Yeah. Like, sure. to be continued! To be de- to be determined. To be continued. Um, mm, uh, I guess brief mention. Gail Gray uh, posted something about traits. Let's see. I totally understand the skepticism that you're expressing. It's been a long time, but I know that trust. Or but I know and trust the team, and I've heard enough details of the plans to give me confidence that a progress and improvements are actively being made. And thanks from me to you for not being nasty about it or throwing a golem-sized boulder in my direction. I know that uh, what I posted isn't the substantive information that you'd like to have. I can say that from all I hear, it shouldn't be too long before there's uh, some info we can share. I'm not saying this week, in quotes, uh, but I'm definitely not pointing at quarter to 2015. So, sort of, again, uh, that's related to traits, um, updates, and things like that. Um... So again, that's sort of pointing to some big information at PAX. At least that's the, you know, that's about as specific of a timeline as we'll ever get nailed down from an official A employee, as it were. Mm-hmm. Someone,
3: I thought it was funny. Someone mentioned that before lunch, when they were talking about what party size would actually be for this game, someone was like, one of the devs was said something along the lines of, "Well, I'm not. It's probably not four, and it's probably not six, so." I think that this is kind of a similar situation to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's now, but I'm also not saying it's in a, in two months. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's hard to say. It's hard to. It's really hard to speculate both with how things have been going, but also with how ArenaNet's history in the past has been. Um, and that's sort of a combination both on their communication style, as in that we haven't gotten much but also you know like evie said they break convention consistently um so it's it's really hard to make any kind of prediction because all of our predictions are generally based on convention so um i guess without further ado i'm just going to move us into castcast because we've got some shout outs to various blogs and uh other other shows and such that have talked about these things as well so kate why don't you take it away
3: hello and welcome to cast cast the podcast within the podcast about the cast of other podcasts and the style cast of other podcasts this week on cast cast i have not lost my touch over the holidays uh which is surprising i was real scared there for a moment uh this week on cast cast uh a blog that i have not had a chance to read but i think grab did so why don't you talk about that real quick uh
0: yeah um hunter's insight uh oh wait sorry just kidding I moved that well I'll do Hunter's Insight first because I moved that from earlier in the show notes to here Um, (laughs) uh, Hunter's Insight did a prediction about a theoretical expansion announcement uh, that was quite well written Uh, they talked about it on uh, oh my gosh I'm totally blanking on the name the Guild Wars reporter um, they mentioned it briefly on their episode from yesterday or the day before uh, predicting an expansion um, they they called out to his first paragraph, and I'm going to as well, because I think it was well written. As a Gil- as Guild Wars 2 slowly lumbers towards pack South and some kind of announcement concerning the game's future, I've been wondering if I could use the game's recent history to further strengthen the speculation that an expansion is on the way. The living story, the new player experience, the rewards, if Arena has a direction for the game, surely it is reflected in what they have done. I think restructuring some of the foundations of how the game is played is a big part of this. Um... So that sort of gives you the gist of where the article's coming from, and he's been strongly believing that an expansion is eminent for quite some time. So, uh, that's that one. But I totally threw off Kate. She was actually talking about a different blog, which is uh, Tough Love Critic is a sort of new-looking blog, or at least it's recently been hitting people's awareness. Um, and the author, I believe it's a he, has written several quite long and in-depth articles about uh, the state of Guild Wars 2, some problematic areas, and both the trying to go deeply into the the root of the problem, or or why they're problems, and then propose solutions to them. Um, there's actually two. There's been one since I put it in cascas. Um, But the first one was the gold standard and why, in parentheses, why loot sucks in Guild Wars 2 and ways to fix it. Um, It's actually something that we've talked about on this show um, a fair amount over the years. Um, But basically, it's the concept that almost everything is sellable on the trading post. And because of that, and the fact that the player base is so large, it means that anything that's rare has to be so rare that you can basically never hope to get it dropped randomly for you, because it's not just your odds that matter, it's the odds aggregated over the entire player base. So it makes drop rates really bad, because there are literally millions of people getting drops, and so you have to factor that into your drop rates. Um... And then the fact that basically everything is available on the trading post and the only currency on the trading post is gold. And so as a consequence, the only thing that matters is your gold acquisition rate, which means that when rewards are not balanced based on time and or effort, people stop doing the things that are challenging or take a long time if they don't earn the money fast because effectively you're actively falling backwards in the economy, if you're not earning money quickly, um, we've talked about this specifically in regard to precursors and how their prices just like skyrocket. And you know, back when I bought, uh, back when I bought Don a year ago, now Jesus, um, that I believe at the time was six or seven hundred gold, and now it's like twelve or fourteen hundred, um, and You know, I mean, that that kind of a rise in prices if you aren't, since that's effectively the only reasonable way to get it. um, You know, if you're not earning money as fast as the sort of aggregate population is earning money, you're falling behind. And so anyway, it's a long blog and that's saying something coming from me because I write long blogs and uh, I really like it so you should check it out. It's toughlovecritic.wordpress.com uh, the other article was on fractals and why they're sort of in a broken state and some suggestions on how to fix them. Um, that was also quite quite a good article and also, <laughs> uh, very 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 long. It's a lot longer than the gold article even. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend reading those. Kate, you want to move on to the next one?
3: Um. Oh, so there were a lot of. Secret De Santas over the holidays. When uh, was the Relics of Org. I call- I ended up calling it a gift giveaway, uh, in which people mailed me gifts, and then I ex- I swapped them all around, mailed them back to different people with additional gifts. I think I gave out like two thousand gems, a whole bunch of minis, some rare weapons, uh, Black Lion ticket, and so forth. Um, which was a lot of fun. I got a lot of people, uh, not a lot of people, but a few people writing in from from listening to the podcast and they sent me podcast love and i wish i could read the letters that they sent me but i ran out of mail space and i forgot to write them down so much love to you guys thank you for the very kind words on the podcast and you know for participating always appreciate hearing from you guys it was very lovely to be able to to do that and thank you for participating um what else uh oh i did the the secret toy maker uh, which went pretty well, I think. From as I understand it, there were a few a few people who did not get gifts back from their Secret Santas, but then uh, the creators organized more gift giving so that people who gifts would get uh, gifts from people who signed up to give additional gifts. So shout out to those people who were who were kind enough to pick up the slack. Um, and it was it was a great experience all around. I'm looking forward to it next year. I had a ton of fun putting together a gift, which I, I bought them a ho tron mini, and then I wrote the letter to them as Ho-Ho-Tron, and I think their hint to me was that they were having problems in fractals, so I sent them a rare die, and I said, I'm sorry, you're dying a lot in fractals, and also some agony resist so you don't die in fractals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun with that. It was a good event all around, and I'm looking forward to that next year. What else is on here? There's links appearing in the show notes. Oh, that's... we've already covered that. Never mind. Uh, What else? Oh, a t-shirt giveaway through... I don't want to say this wrong. 10 Ton Hammer. Uh, They have 20 Ritlock t-shirts that say there's no turning back on it, and it has a Ritlock with the blindfold. Uh there's one color available and it's like a olive color. I love. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a gross color actually. I'm, I'm I'm a little bit sad about the color. I'm trying to find a end date. Uh it was yesterday. Sorry guys. I didn't realize it was yesterday. But there were twenty t shirts given out. Sorry.
0: Wah, wah. <laughs> And then there was the last one, which was that we mentioned earlier, the fan-made summary of Season 2 slash uh, trailer for Point of No Return, um, which we will link in the show. I thought it was quite well done. We've actually got a lot of really good um, good, good trailer makers, video, audio editors in this community. Um, I've been very impressed, and they haven't been mm-hmm. all from the same person, so... Um, recommend watching it it was very cohesive it had a good had a good vibe to it i definitely saw a lot of people on reddit saying um you know things to the effect of this really made season two feel a lot darker than i initially felt like from playing it um which is interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody else have anything else that they want to add or okay okay uh, I guess with that, that is another week of Relics of ORE. We will be here again next week to talk about the patch, and we are tentatively planning another one the week after that for after the PAX panel, so that we can talk about our uh hype and or disappointment at whatever is there. So we're praying for hype. Um... So, hype train go choo choo. Hype train choo choo. Um, there are no
3: breaks on the hype train.
1: <laughs> that, that picture makes me crack up every single time I see it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so, thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next week.
2: That was another episode of Relics of War. If you'd like to get involved, you can find us on any social networking site such as Facebook, Twitter, Steam many more just by looking up Relics of Orr. That's Relics of O-R-R. Similarly, if you'd like to send us mail, you can send that to relicsoforr at gmail.com, or go to our website, relicsoforr.com, where you can record right there on the front page using our WordPress widget. Put on a headset and give us your feedback. Or if you feel more comfortable with it, you can go ahead and just record the audio and send it to us as an OGG or an MP3 file. If you'd like to join us in-game, Send a whisper to Cole, C-O-E-H-L, and Nexi, A-N-E-K-S-I, C-Squirrel-Run, that's a C, and then squirrel, and then run, or Spirit Face to get in contact with us or join the guild. Last, we always love the comments, so if you want to go to our main site and start commenting on some of the posts that we've got or join our forums, you can have fun with that. If you listen to us on iTunes, you can find our page on the market and just leave a comment or a rating that you feel that we deserve. We appreciate that. We'll read them on the show.